Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Welcome to the Wicked Library. The lights are out. This is the darkness in between. <laughs> Hello, this is Daniel Foytek, and I want to thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Darkness in Between, our interseasonal entertainment while we're hard at work on Season 11 of The Wicked Library. So today, we have something a little bit different. We don't often do sponsored episodes of the show because we're pretty selective of who we partner up with, but today we do have a sponsored episode brought to you by our good friends over at Magic Spoon. Now, what's Magic Spoon, you might ask? Doesn't sound very wicked. But it is. It's wicked good, and it's spooky. And I'll tell you why. Magic Spoon makes cereals that taste like the kid cereals you grew up with. But they're good for you. As you know, we all at Ninth Story Studios are big fans of stories and storytelling. We grew up loving stories. Watch those Saturday morning cartoons. And a big part of growing up and watching Saturday morning cartoons was kid cereal, right? One of the best parts of being a kid. But... Most of us have had to give it up because we realized it's full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. And I've personally been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food and realized I basically can't eat whatever I want anymore. So I was intrigued when the folks at Magic Spoon reached out to us and asked us if they could sponsor an episode of the show. It's scary how close it tastes to the fun kids breakfast cereal you grew up with, but it's different because... It's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Now, Magic Spoon did send us a sample to try out. I tried out the variety pack. There's four flavors. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And they are very similar in taste to the cereals that we grew up with. In fact, I was kind of shocked that the texture, the taste, and even the leftover milk afterwards, which is the best part, right? Drinking the milk afterwards that tastes like the cereal. It was all spookily similar to what I grew up with. And I think that you guys will enjoy it too. And where can you get this great cereal? Well, you go to magicspoon.com forward slash wicked to grab a variety pack and try it out today and be sure to use our promo code wicked at checkout to save five dollars off your order now one of the things that magic spoon suggested was trying mixing cocoa with peanut butter because it tastes like a peanut butter cup and let me tell you it actually does it was actually really surprising that it tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood but it's super nutritious it's delicious super healthy cereal that really brings back those memories of childhood breakfasts. And the good thing is Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Now, as I was saying, you can get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com wicked and use your code WICKED to save $5 off. What's better than that? Delicious, nostalgic breakfast cereal that you'll remember from your childhood, 
that's actually not bad for you. And like I said, if you go to magicspoon.com forward slash wicked, you can grab a variety pack and try it out and get $5 off if you use the promo code wicked. So thank you for tuning into today's episode. And thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Well, here we are again. The warning at the beginning of the show. I'm getting a little tired of having to warn you people. I mean, the name of the show is The Wicked Library, for God's sakes. It's not the Sweet Pickles Library. Listener discretion is advised. If you're scared easily... Good! <laughs> Seriously, though, bugger off if you can't take scary stuff. We're very scary here. Boom. <laughs>
Todd shot me a look. You're only driving because you know where we're going. That's right, I said. And I'll still find a way to avenge my fries. Todd bit his lip. Oh, will you now? I was sure that, by then, Todd had gotten at least an idea of where we were going to end up. I wasn't driving west or north, so there was no way I was getting close to any of the mountain ranges. I was heading east along the coast. I looked down at the phone for more directions. I shielded it from Todd when he peered over. Aw, oh, come on, Todd said. I can't wait anymore. Well, the good news is, I said as the turn came up, you won't have to. It's coming right up. The two-bedroom house was designed to sit on stilts, which is something I hadn't seen before in person and was really weird up close. I know that it's designed to withstand flooding from storms, but I just can't see how something like it would be able to not just keel over the second the wind picked up a little too hard. We have the whole place to ourselves, I said. Todd placed a hand on my neck, pulled my face to his, and gave me a kiss. I never wanted to let that moment go. The house was paradise. But then again, we were in college, so practically anything would have been better than our stuffy old cheaply furnished dorm rooms. My room was actually where Todd and I spent most of our time together. My roommate abandoned the place to live with his girlfriend, so we moved the twin beds together, set up fairy lights, and made it as comfortable as humanly possible. It worked a little too well, actually, because I'd end up falling asleep all of the time while we were watching a movie. I liked that it gave me a chance to rest in the crook of his arm against his chest and let his fingers brush through my hair. One of the reasons I had booked the place was because the owners noted that there was a kayak they left behind for renters to use. After we changed, which thankfully took a long time because of all the distractions, we went downstairs to scrummage through the house's storage. We found a bright blue and purple tandem kayak standing up right against a wall. I don't have a clue how we did it, but we managed to get that massive thing down and out of the storage room without knocking down everything around it. We plopped the life vests into the kayak's cockpit, picked up both ends of the boat, and headed out to the beach to load it into the water. We made it about hip-deep into the sea before we decided to make a jump onto the kayak. Maybe one of us should have already been in there, I said. Todd looked over from the other side of the kayak and smiled. Hop in. Let's try it. I lifted myself as Todd rested his arms on top and kept it steady. I lost my balance and slipped, falling straight back into the water. Can you feel the bottom? Todd asked. I nodded. I thrust myself up and over onto the kayak almost smacking Todd in the face with my leg. You got it now? Todd said. Oh, yeah. What do you know? I do. It was shifting and a little hard to balance, but I was seated. I'm coming, Todd said. He flung himself up onto the kayak and steadied himself. He smiled. See? Easy. Todd took command of the trip from there. We pushed past wave after wave at a diagonal. Todd said it had let us get out easier and avoid any currents we didn't know about. It's so dumb, but I didn't even think about currents. I mean, I did, but it was just background noise behind the excitement of that weekend. I cursed myself for not looking anything up. 
I know that homeowners didn't list anything dangerous about the place, so I just assumed they'd have mentioned something if the currents there were strong. Honestly, though, I was distracted staring at the muscles rippling underneath Todd's arms as he paddled. The day was nice. Not Todd's kind of weather, though. He loved sunny days with crystal blue skies stretching on for eons, while my kind of perfect day involved clouds on the verge of becoming storms and the patter of rain on a window. Once we had made it past all the waves, we put our paddles down and stared out at the shore. Happy birthday, I said. Todd disconnected his seat and leaned back in my lap. He rested his arms around my waist. No one's ever done something like this before for me, Todd said, his eyes revealing a flicker of gray. There was a dull ache beneath the currents of his voice, a ripple of something dark behind those smiling eyes. Thank you. Really. I let a finger slip along his jawline. You know I'd do anything for you. You really would, wouldn't you? Todd said, almost to himself. He stared up, a little past me, like I was in soft focus. I played with the curl by his ear. What are you thinking about? Todd was quiet for a second, and then his eyes met mine. I love you. It took me a little longer than I thought to register what he said. I started breathing fast, shallower and the ends of my lips tugged up into a smile. My eyes started to well up. Todd said he loved me. He loved me. It didn't feel real or tangible, but here it was. A feeling he handed to me with words. He fumbled, getting up off my lap, ended up rocking the kayak and turned around. He looked concerned confused, and a little sad. My brain jump-started. I love you, too. Todd's face melted into a smile. Okay, cool. Yeah, th that's cool? Todd nodded. Yeah. He tried climbing over to me, struggling to keep his balance, but a wave slapped our kayak, and he skidded up over the edge into the water. I laughed. He did, too. <laughs> It's colder now, Todd said. Hop back in, and we can start getting warmed up, I replied. What do you have in mind? I chewed on my lip. I have some ideas. Todd winked at me. We should probably head back then. I smiled. I was staring at Todd when I looked over his shoulder and saw a blob shifting in the water behind him. It was a whitish, translucent orb about the size of a wine glass. A long set of thin lines like fishing wire trailed in the water behind it. Oh, crap, I said. Jellyfish. There was something off about that jellyfish. Something I was picking up on but couldn't place. I focused on Todd. Todd looked back behind him. What? He turned around and saw the blob swaying in the waves. He flailed and tried hopping up onto the boat. I took a marine biology course freshman year to fulfill a science credit. I remembered a lot about jellyfish, but the thing that leapt into my mind was the fact that jellyfish are drifters. 
They have an inability to control where they move, flowing with the currents and catching things as they pass by. I glimpsed the edge of the jellyfish's bell flowing in the ocean, flapping rhythmically. That's when I realized what looked off about that jellyfish. Its bell was undulating, propelling it forward. The jellyfish was swimming towards Todd. I placed my hands up beneath his arms and started to pull up. The kayak rocked violently as I tugged, and I was scared we'd tip over, careen straight into the tentacles of that jellyfish. It wouldn't have been the end of the world, but it would have hurt. And, depending on how much of the jellyfish's tentacles entangled around us, might have led to a trip to the emergency room. He gripped my shoulder so tight it hurt, but I managed to shift my weight and help him out of the water. Todd yelped and jerked at his right leg. Shit, Todd said. I think it got me. Todd didn't say much on the way back. I could hear him huff through the pain and let out an occasional wince, but I could tell that he was trying to bottle it all up. I wasn't sure if he was acting tough for me or for himself. When we landed on the shore, I told Todd to get up to the house. He hobbled off of the kayak. He gasped as his foot came down on the beach. You okay? I asked him. I looked at his wound. Bright red stings branched out along the length of his calf. I'm fine, Todd said. I'll deal with the kayak. Todd nodded and started hopping up the beach on one foot. I dragged the kayak up to the property line and found Todd in the outdoor shower. He was staring at his leg, studying it as the water came down around him. Don't touch it, I told him. I know. Todd slipped his leg into the shower water and groaned. He cursed under his breath and closed his eyes. His abdomen rose and fell in short spurts with every breath he took. His jaw clenched tight as he leaned back against the wall of the shower. He took another breath, a slower one. I grabbed him by the shoulders in support of his weight. Let's get you inside. I said. Todd readied himself. Okay, he said. I led him inside. The stairs were a challenge, but he was able to support himself with the beam on the way up. I laid him down on the couch and squeezed his shoulder before looking at the stings. They were a blistering red now, edging on purple. I had been stung before. Pretty sure everyone has at some point but I had never seen a wound where you were able to see where the tentacles made contact with the skin. I was used to the small red rashes that could appear. It was just so different from anything I had ever seen. I turned on my phone's flashlight and looked at the skin for any tentacles. There weren't any that I could see. They must have washed off or fallen off on our way back to the house. Do you have to pee on it? Todd asked. I laughed. <laughs> I'm not peeing on you. He cracked the kind of smile that made me love him. Guess we're not at that stage of our relationship yet. I rolled my eyes and got up. I'm going to run a hot bath for you. He grabbed my hand. What about scraping it with the credit card? I don't think that works, I said. All that would do is irritate your skin and the stingers. I tried to remember what my biology class called those as I ran the bath. The cells that actually injected venom. Thankfully, the water came out just fine. I was worried for a moment that there wouldn't be any water at all. 
that I'd have to find another way to take care of Todd. Hey, Todd said. Uh, Sorry for this. I peered up. He was standing in the doorway, his leg drifting up behind him. I smiled. It's fine. Some birthday, huh? I put my hands on Todd's trunks. Ready? I asked. For a present? Todd chuckled. I pulled his trunks down. I thought it'd be faster, and that I'd only have to slow down once I got to his calves. But once his thighs were showing, it was clear the stings were worse than we thought. It looked as if Todd's legs swept across the entire length of the jellyfish. His calf was the worst part, but the tentacled outlines of blistering red went all the way up past his knee. Todd wrapped his arms around my neck as I lowered him into the tub. He let out a whimpering cry as soon as his calf entered the water. Breathe, I said. I felt him steady himself and nod. I lowered him more. Todd grunted and dug his nails into my back. Shit, stop! Stop! Todd said. It hurts too much. I let him breathe against me for a second. We have to keep going, I said. I know, Todd groaned. Okay. I'm ready. He seemed to relax once he was in the water. Does it hurt? Todd nodded. Yeah, but I'm fine. I sat on the edge of the tub and rubbed his arm. Need anything? No, Todd said. I'll just... I don't know. Sit here for a while, I guess. Need me to stay here? Todd smirked. Nah, I'm fine. I just need to sit here for a while. I can handle everything from here. I gave him a kiss on the cheek. Let me know if you need something. I will, Todd said. I left the door open to hear him better if he called for me and sat down on the couch. It was a cute living room with a comfy white couch littered with sea-themed pillows. One of them had a jellyfish on it. I threw them all off except for the one that was really soft and pulled an audiobook up on my phone. The windows revealed a mist-covered sea, its waves cresting as the winds rose. It was raining now. Those gray clouds from earlier had rolled in with the storm and blocked out the sun. I must have fallen asleep. The day had swept past us, and it was dark. I looked at my phone and saw it had been two hours. Two whole hours. I got up. I called Todd's name. I didn't get an answer. I thought maybe he fell asleep too. We were both pretty worn out from kayaking and traveling up here. I walked up to the bathroom door. My feet squelched in the hallway carpet. The carpet outside the door was wet. I turned the doorknob. It was locked. Why would he have locked it? Todd? I heard something move, sloshing in a puddle. It sounded like Todd was sitting on the floor. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine, Todd said. It's fine. Open the door, I said. I turned the knob again. Please. I said it's fine, Todd shouted. I let go of the door handle and stood back. It's... it's fine, 
Todd reiterated, more calmly, measured. You don't need to worry. Todd, I need you to open the door. He didn't answer. Hey, whatever it is, I can help, I said. Please, just let me in. I leaned down on the carpet and tried to see underneath the door. All I saw was the bathroom tiles, so I pressed my ear up against the door crack. There was this low, squelching noise. It was almost like the sound of someone shaving, but wetter, thicker. Then I heard the clink of metal against tile. A crazed fear overtook me, and I started banging on the door. Please, let me in. He didn't answer me. I backed away from the door and ran into it with my shoulder. I got a sharp shock of pain as the door didn't budge. I rammed it again and again. I ignored the screams of pain my body was shooting up to my brain because Todd was hurt. Todd wasn't answering me. Todd was in trouble. I wished I weren't so weak, so thin, so unathletic. I wished I were like him. I wished I had his strength. I needed his strength. I needed him to be safe. I didn't know what I would do if he wasn't. I lost track of how many times I threw myself at the door, when finally, the door lock broke and swung open. Todd was sitting there in a pool of bloodied water, passed out, with a razor in his hand. I stared at what he'd done. He had carved into his leg around the tentacle marks, slicing deep into his tissue. I grabbed the towel and pressed it against his leg, but there was so much he had already done to himself. I patted his face. Hey, hey, Todd, I'm here. I'm right here. Come on, wake up. Come back to me. His eyes drifted open, and out of nowhere, panic seized control of him. He shoved me off of him. No, stay away from me, Todd screamed at me. It's, it's me. Hey, it's me, I said. But he just kept yelling at me to stay away. He was gripping his leg protectively, holding the towel pressed tight against it like he was trying to hide what he had done from me. What's, what's wrong? Just tell me. Todd gripped the edge of the bathtub. I need you to get out of here. I'm infected. What? They're inside of me. Todd lifted himself up, and the towel fell away. The bathroom light hit the insides of his cuts. Then I saw it. The slithering underneath his skin. Small tendrils. The biggest being the size of a wrinkle on your finger. They were moving inside of his cuts. Todd screamed in pain and fell down again. His hand dropped on top of the razor, slicing into his palm. They're, they're all inside of me. They hurt so much. I can feel them stinging me all up and down my leg. I had to get an ambulance. I had to get help. I'll be right back, I said. I'll be right back. I raced to the living room and grabbed my phone. I tried sliding my fingers on the screen, but they were covered in water and Todd's blood. I wiped them off on the couch, trying to dry them off as best I could, and managed to get my phone to swipe open. 
I punched 911 and waited on the line. 911, what's your emergency? Please, I need an ambulance. My boyfriend's really hurt, and I don't know what to do. I choked on a sob. Please. What's your address? I stopped to think. I didn't know. Hold on. I have it. I, I have it right here, I said. I pulled it up on the Maps app and recited it. An ambulance is on its way. Are you with your friend? Are they conscious? I raced back to the bathroom. Todd was face down on the toilet, throwing up. He stared at his vomit and screamed. He crawled up into the corner of the toilet and began scratching at his throat. He's conscious, I said. I knelt down next to him. Hey, I'm right here. I looked in the toilet and gagged. The tendrils I saw on his leg were worming through his vomit. There were dozens, maybe hundreds of them, all shifting and turning in the water. Todd shoved me aside. I said, stay away from me. He started crying. It's like splinters. It hurts so much. Please, I just need you to stay away from me. He fell on his hands and retched. Another spurt of vomit came up. It slapped onto the tile and mixed with the bloody water. I'm dying, Todd said. You're not going to die, I yelled at him. I reached back for my phone. Hello? Hello, sir, the operator said. The ambulance is arriving soon. Todd died a few hours later in surgery. The doctors told me it was from blood loss. He cut too much of himself. They were unable to repair it all in time. I'm sure some of that is true, but they didn't say anything about the parasites running through his body. The only thing I could think did this to Todd was that jellyfish. I looked into it and learned that the box jellyfish, native to Australia and the Indo-Pacific, is the only known jellyfish capable of swimming. We were on the Atlantic coast, and I know no jellyfish has been known to do what that thing did. I don't know how many of those jellyfish are out there. I don't know if Todd was the first person to be infected by them. I just know he won't be the last. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, kiddies. So, you want access to the Wicked Archives, do you? 
Well, it takes money to keep the lights on and keep our beasties fed. Trust me, you don't want them hungry. They might just start eating the writers and then where would we be? Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wickedlibrary and pledge your support to the show. For $2 a month, I'll give you a key to our collection of classic episodes. For $5 a month, I'll let you hear the bonus stories before the rest of our listeners. Even more tantalizing rewards await for those who want to sacrifice more to us. <laughs> Over 70 classic episodes are lurking deep in the private area of the library, just waiting to be heard by you. Pledge yourself to the library today, and you'll be ours forever. You're going to like it here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it for people to enjoy the private area of the librarian, Dan? Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.